Yes, hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies Juice in a nutshell for your Thursday morning. It is the 5th of October, 2023. Daniel Pedro back in the chair. Good to have you uh, have your company on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. 1300 01 1170, our open line number as always. You can text 0457 736 736. That's before breakfast with Vossi and Michael Karianis this morning. MC in the house after 6am for Brandy, who well, he worked a couple of days, so he's got to have another day off. No, he was actually at the Pat's presentation night. Some news about the Pat's presentation night we'll get to over the course of the next hour. So they'll be here after 6am. Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of them and then Pat and Heels with you after 6am local time. Plenty to get through. Lots of rugby league news still floating around. State of Origin news dominating things. There's been a change to the Australian lineup as well. The Cricket World Cup getting underway tonight. Looking forward to that. We'll focus on that more in about half an hour when we speak to our cricket expert, Paul Dennett, to bring us all the latest, not just from the World Cup, but also uh, from the Australian team as they build up for their first game on Sunday. Sheffield Shield also got underway yesterday uh, between New South Wales and Queensland. So we'll talk to uh, Paul about all of that. And in about 10 or 15 minutes, Chris Perkins in America to give us the latest from the United States. So busy show as always. Want to hear from you. one 300 0457 736 It's two past five, two past four in Queensland. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best and install a Rheem, Australia's favourite hot water. Now, we'll get to the news of the day in just a second. As I said, we'll speak to Chris Perkins very shortly as well in America. Uh, and we'll touch on it. We touched on it last week with Chris as well. Uh, Taylor Swift, uh, great free advertising for the NFL, isn't it? Uh, not that it really needs it, but turned up to another game the other morning. So it got me thinking, NRL, we're heading to Vegas in what four or five months' time. Which celebrity, or maybe which singer, but which celebrity, and we know we will have a couple with Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman, no doubt involved. But if you could pick any celebrity to promote NRL in Vegas, maybe get them on the field, maybe talk about rugby league. Who would it be? What celebrity? Might not have to be Australian, could be from somewhere else in the world. Which celebrity would you get over in Vegas to promote rugby league? Get them on like a one or two-week advertising campaign. Alongside Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman, which celebrity would you get? 0457 736 736 or 1300-01170. I'm sure Chris will have a couple of options for us when we have a chat with him in about 10 minutes. Which celebrity would you get to promote the NRL in Vegas next year? 1300-01170-0457-736-736. It's three and a half past five, three and a half past four in Queensland. Let's get to some of the news of the day. Back page of the Daily Telegraph in Sydney this morning. has a big picture of John Cartwright who has declared he wants to end Queensland's state of origin dominance by taking over as the leader of New South Wales. Known uh, during his decorated playing career as Hoss Cartwright, now an assistant at the Broncos, believes the Blues are in need of a mentor that understands the day-to-day -day demands that are required to prepare the game's biggest stars. So that is a very, very interesting. Uh, the news comes as Ricky Stewart formally ruled himself out of contention with Storm coach Craig Bellamy expected to follow suit. And Laurie Daly uh, is a key contender for the state's top job once again. 
Coach New South Wales between 2013 and 2017, winning the 2014 series against the all-conquering Queensland side, which claimed eight straight titles. So Stuart and Bellamy have been discussed as possible replacements, as we know, for the departed Brad Fittler, uh, while Matthew Johns has also been thrown up as another strong candidate. Uh, but a desire to fully focus on Canberra in 2024 has ended specula uh, speculation around Stewart, while Penrith management have also jumped in early to veto any chatter that Ivan Cleary may consider coaching New South Wales. Canberra CEO Don Ferner told the New South Wales Rugby League Chief Executive David Trodden of Stewart's decision yesterday afternoon. Melbourne management wouldn't prevent Bellamy coaching New South Wales, but doubt the super coach has an appetite to return to the origin furnace. So the Raiders CEO, Don Ferner, said Ricky is very passionate about New South Wales and origin. However, he's very aware that we've had a lot of experience leave our club on the field over the last couple of years. Uh, Rick needs to commit all his time to coaching the young side we have next year. Um, as much as he loves origin, that has to be his priority. In a text message to the Daily Telegraph, Matty Johns wrote, too busy, mate. I work every day except Saturday. Uh, origin is more than just three games a year and not a job for the extremely part-time. So very, very interesting. Uh, Laurie Daly hasn't publicly stated he'd be seeking the job, but is known to be monitoring the situation. He also remains close friends with uh, Stuart and Bellamy. Michael Innes, Matt King, John Cartwright, as I just mentioned, Jeff Tuvey and Jason Riles have also been mentioned as possible coaches for New South Wales. The Blues job will be decided by the New South Wales Rugby League board. Um, very interesting. As I say, daily coach New South Wales uh, between 2013 and 2017, winning that 2014 series. So a, a week or so on now from Brad Fittler standing down as coach of New South Wales. Who would you like to see out of all those names mentioned? I said John Cartwright, Laurie Daly, uh, Matt King, Mark Winnes, Jason Riles. Who should be the next New South Wales origin coach? Because it seems that we're not really any closer to finding out who it will be. I know the process started yesterday and we're not entirely sure how long it'll take. We are in the middle of October now, and I understand Origin is a fair way away, but they'd want to get this sorted, I would say, sooner rather than later. Um, I know when we brought up this topic last week, Michael Checker's name was mentioned quite a lot on the show as a out there suggestion to coach New South Wales, but... Now Ricky Stewart and Craig Bellamy, Matty Johns have all ruled themselves out. Well, Craig Bellamy hasn't, but it seems like he will. Who would you go for? Cartwright, Laurie Daly, someone else. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Jeff Toovey's name hasn't really been mentioned a lot. I know that would be some a lot of people's picks. So who would you like to see there? 0457 736 736. And if you're listing in Queensland, as I asked last week, who would you least like to see coach New South Wales? Who would you be most worried about taking over the reins of New South Wales? Uh, now, the internationals coming up in just over a week's time. We mentioned yesterday that Nathan Cleary was in severe doubt to be part of the international lineup for Australia. That was confirmed yesterday afternoon after he was ruled out. So Cronulla star Nico Hines has been called up. Uh, Hines said, I had left my phone in the room and I was down by the pool our chairman had popped in to say hi, and he was on the phone to Craig Fitzgibbon, who said, put Nico on. He's not answering his phone. 
Fitzy gave me the good news, and then I spoke to Mel. It's sensational. So Hines was part of the Kangaroos' train-on squad and played in the recent Prime Minister's game, but missed the final cut when it came to selecting a 21-man squad for the international tournament involving Samoa and New Zealand. However, he won a reprieve when Cleary was ruled out uh, after that knee injury he picked up in the grand final on Sunday night. Uh so Hines said, considering I wrote on Instagram yesterday that my season is done, to be here now, there's no better way to finish the year. This is a dream come true. I obviously want to play a game, but the experience alone will be outstanding. I had the best experience with Daly Cherry Evans in the Prime Minister's game. So now to be back around him and Cam Munster and Harry Grant, it will only make me a better player. Hines will provide cover in the halves and potentially fullback for the Kangaroos. Uh, well done to Nico Hines. He's bounced back after what would have been disappointing, and it was clearly spoken about in that Origin series once he played, what, seven or eight minutes, was it, of Origin 1, and uh, not in his correct position, and then didn't get a look in for Game 2 or Game 3. And I think you could tell he struggled a little bit, but did come good towards the back end of the year, but then the Sharks out the first week of the finals. So it was probably a, a mixed year. Well, definitely would have been a mixed year for Nico Hines an origin debut, finals, but couldn't continue in the origin scene after game one and couldn't get the Sharks past week one of the finals. So Nico Hines, do we think he plays a game though for the Australian side? Because you would now think with no Nathan Cleary, Daly Cherry Evans comes straight in to that halfback role. And are you looking forward to the internationals? I'm very interested to hear from our listeners this morning. We are over a week away and we're still coming down from grand final weekend and this is the first weekend in a very long time we won't have any rugby league, at least in this country, played. There will be uh, rugby league uh, over in the UK, but with the Super League, but no local rugby league being played. So have you already switched your attention to the internationals? Or are you waiting? You watch them um, next weekend and over the four weeks, over the end of October and early November. Your interest levels in the internationals coming up. Because, of course, last year, this time last year, we look back at this time last year, we were only a week or so away from the Rugby League World Cup, which tended to have a pretty slow build-up. But once it started, it did capture most people's imagination. Um, I know Brandy had some things to say yesterday about the length of the season. But as a fan, are you looking forward to watching some more Rugby League next weekend and over the next four weekends after this one? The internationals, are you keen for them? Or are you just reserving judgment? Or do you have no interest in the international uh, game? Uh, I think... From what we saw in last year's Rugby League World Cup, I think we need more of it, not less of it. So you're looking forward to seeing some international rugby league next weekend, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 And just from that Penrith Panthers uh, awards night presentation night yesterday, Isaiah Yo took out the club's best and fairest award last night. Uh, he beat a hot field, which included Nathan Cleary, Dylan Edwards, and departing centre Stephen Crichton. So well done to Isaiah Yo, very, very important part of that Panthers lineup. And he took out the club's best and fairest last night at their presentation night. So that's just some of the stuff on our agenda. If you've got any questions for Chris, who's going to join me on the line in about five minutes' time, fire them in. If you've got any questions on cricket, Paul Dennett will join me on the line. And that's the other thing. Will you be watching tonight uh, the opening game of the Cricket World Cup? We go from the end of the rugby league season into a very, very important World Cup, and we'll chat more about that with Paul in about 15 or so minutes' time from now. So 
lots on our agenda today. If you were in charge of the NRL, the advertising, the marketing department in the NRL, which celebrity would you get to promote NRL in Vegas? Which celebrity would you get to promote NRL in Vegas? The International Rugby League next weekend. You're looking forward to it. Nico Hines into the squad for Nathan Cleary. Bad luck uh, for Nathan Cleary uh, picking up that injury in the grand final. And John Cartwright, Laurie Daly. Who would you have as New South Wales coach? And for our listeners in Queensland, very early, obviously in Queensland at the moment, but for anyone listing in Queensland at the moment, who would you least like to see coach New South Wales next year and beyond? one 736 to your text, your calls, and to America to speak to Chris Perkins on the other side of this. It's 13 past five in New South Wales, 13 past four in Queensland. Got any questions for Chris Perkins? Text them in now because we're about to have a chat with him. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01170. We'll do it for the Makita XGT Experience Professional Cordless Power Without Limits. Let's head to the States. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. And on the line is Chris Perkins for the third time this week. Morning to you, Chris. Hey, uh, good morning. Where do we find you this morning? Uh, driving through Milwaukee. Yeah, you, you do. You, made it up to Wisconsin. You do get around, Chris. It has to be said. I, I do. You know, I've been to, down to Oklahoma in the last week. I've uh, been out in Nebraska, across Iowa. Was in Chicago this morning making a delivery. Interestingly enough, the load I delivered this morning. Mm. It's going to wind up in Port Melbourne. Uh, now, uh, we broadcast here to Sydney and Brisbane or Queensland, but I have to, or New South Wales and Queensland. I but I have to say, Port Melbourne is very, very nice. So wherever that package is going, oh, uh, I, and I don't know what's in the package, I don't know what it is, but very nice part of the world, Port Melbourne. Well, it's 20 tons of meat that's headed down to Port Melbourne. Mm. So uh, I, I, I only took it the first leg of the journey to Chicago. Mm. I'm presuming it gets on a train to L.A., and then on a ship to Australia. Just a guess. So fair way to go, isn't it? Fair way to go. All right, let's get stuck into your topics this morning. Now, the MLS, uh, we'll get to what's happening first. Uh, full round coming up. Yeah, we've got a midweek round tonight, uh, 12 games. So 24 teams in action on a Wednesday night. Uh, of course, my St. Louis City, they mm. clinched the Western Conference. There is nothing more they need to do right now mm. uh, except – Stay healthy and get ready for the playoffs. So they play tonight in Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver, one of the many Western Conference teams that are still looking for a playoff spot. In fact, mm. the only Western Conference team that's clinched a, a playoff spot of any sort is St. Louis, and they've got the one seed. Everybody else from two down to about 11 in the Western Conference are jumbled together, and, and there will be a lot of movement these last two or three match days. Uh, of uh, teams in the Western Conference playoff picture. And and where you finish depends, you know, that, that will determine who your opponent is in the first round and whether you have home field advantage in that best of three first round series. So uh, a lot of moving parts left. Uh, but, yeah, we get we get the full match day tonight. And I think, uh, I think a total of uh, five teams can actually lock down a playoff spot of some sort tonight. 
Um, and actually three other teams can also be completely eliminated from the playoffs, Chase. Mm. So uh, a lot to play for for a lot of teams in Major League Soccer tonight. Chris, how often, um, off the top of your head, roughly, do we get midweek uh, football soccer in America? Uh, we've had several. We have several each year. I, I can think of probably uh, just regular MLS match days, like full match days, like a dozen or dozen plus games mm. on the schedule. Probably half a dozen times at least this season that we've had it. So I, it's not a regular occurrence, but it's certainly not a rare it is interesting to, to see Major League Soccer play a full schedule on, on a Wednesday night. It is interesting because you, you look over in the UK, and as you know, I was over there uh, at the back end of last year. And it, it was slightly different because uh, the Football World Cup was going on, and that is played every day of the week basically anyway, at least through the f- early stages of it. But you go over there, and uh, normally, um, and there was an EPL game on yesterday, there's Champions League on uh, yesterday and today. In the UK and Europe, you get midweek football quite a lot, and you get a game on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, and you can get 80,000 people at a ground, or 50,000, 60,000. It's always sold out. It's interesting how over there, no one batters an eyelid at that. Yeah, I, yeah, you, just, you want to go see the game. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. when it's on. And, and if your team is popular, guess what? You could start at 3 a.m. on a Sunday on the moon and get 65000 to show up for some of these clubs. Yeah, and that's... Right? Yeah. You, you could play it whenever, whenever you want. And, and people will show up and people will watch it on television because of the product. It's because the product is so good, and it's something that people desire and want. So, um, yeah, I, you know, these midweek games, and, you know, the Premier League, you kind of got to do it. Major League Soccer is mm. kind of the same way because, you know, Premier League plays 38 games in a season. Throw in yeah. uh, Carabao Cup, FA Cup, European commitments in, in the Premier League. That's a lot of fixtures you're playing. I mean, you've got teams that are playing over 50 games a year. You got to have a couple of months break in there in the summertime at some point. So mm. you know, it's just a, a dynamic to the math of, yeah. of requiring midweek fixtures. Yeah, it would be interesting to hear from our listeners. Now, obviously, quite tricky with the two major codes in this country, both NRL and AFL, but with how physical it is and seeing players back up after three or four days probably isn't isn't going to happen. But would you like to see some kind of midweek footy throughout the ARL, ARL, A, NRL and AFL seasons? Any kind. Maybe not, I don't know, maybe not top flight NRL. Obviously, we get Origin three times a year on a Wednesday night. But would you be against seeing some kind of midweek football of some sort? Interested to hear from our listeners, 0457-736-736. Big weekend coming up in the NFL, Chris. Yeah, well, speaking of midweek football, I mean, just think of what the NFL does. Uh, they have a midweek yep. picture every week uh, during the season. Thursday mm. night football, is, and it kicks off the weekend. Uh, Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears. you gotta, you got to at least have a bit of sympathy for the Chicago Bears, especially if you know a Bears fan, be kind to them because they're really suffering. Last week was their get-right game. Mm. Uh, they were playing Denver at home. Justin Fields had a fantastic football game for three quarters. Mm. Uh, the Bears were dominating the Denver Broncos, and then Russell Wilson stopped burning the place down when he was cooking. He actually cooked and didn't burn the joint down in the fourth quarter on Sunday. 
led the Broncos all the way back to beat the Chicago Bears. So uh, the Bears are still winless. They are they have the inside track to not only the number one draft pick in the 2024 draft. They also had they also could be owning the number two pick in the NFL draft because. Uh, the Carolina Panthers aren't doing so hot right now with their new quarterback down there. Uh, so you know, the Bears, it's just it, it's rough, and you know Justin Fields has taken a lot of criticism um, it, early it throughout his career, his young career, um, about his quarterback play, and he looks really good on Sunday. And for him not to be able to get that win for the for the Broncos to come back and beat the Bears, it just sucks for him. Hopefully. Hopefully, he can take a lot of lessons from, from what he did right on Sunday and apply them the rest of the season and maybe start the Chicago Bears at the turn. But we've been hoping for a Bears turnaround for about the last decade. And whilst, and, and whilst we're on NFL, I see Taylor Swift was at the match again the other day. Great free advertising for the NFL. Not that it needs it, but any little helps. Well, yeah, and she she was there, and she actually saw a surprisingly good game mm. uh, between the uh, Chiefs and the Jets. Uh, the Jets, Zach Wilson had a career game on Sunday night. Um, almost led the led the Jets back. They lost twenty three twenty, but you know, like I said, Zach Wilson looked really good in the loss, uh, except for the last drive, his last play when he fumbled a fumbled a shotgun snap and. The Chiefs were, were very mean about that because there were like seven minutes left on the clock and they didn't give the ball back. They just kept the ball the rest of the night. Mm. <laughs> didn't give the Jets a chance to, to, to get a tying or go-ahead score late in the game. Uh, just was able, were able to move the ball down the field. Granted, they probably got a little bit of help from the, from the guys in stripes, but uh, that happens in pretty much every game. So. Uh, not, not much you can do about bad calls. They happen everywhere. Uh, yes, and as we've seen over in the UK, they do make mistakes as well, uh, referees. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that another time. I don't even know. In, even on video. Yes, even on video. I don't know if you heard the audio of it. Uh, quite, uh, quite unbelievable. I did. Yeah, just. I, I did yeah. hear the audio of that, mm. and man, that that's just a case of everybody was rushing. Yeah. And yeah. five seconds after the restart, you heard the oblique. Yes. And that's when you know somebody royally messed up. And they they just came to that realization. At, uh, and at that point, unfortunately, not a thing they could do about it under the rules. And it goes to show, Chris, doesn't it, that even with technology, even with great technology, sometimes mistakes will happen. They shouldn't, but no one is perfect, and sometimes it will uh, happen. Let's stay on uh, the football discussion, the latest in college football. Yeah, we've got uh, big games coming up this weekend. I am officially pushing the button. Mm. The red lights are flashing. Mm. The sirens are going off. The Georgia Bulldogs should be on upset alert this Saturday. Saturday night at home at Sanford Stadium in Athens against uh, 23rd-ranked Kentucky, unbeaten mm. Kentucky. Mm. Georgia's defending two-time champions, looking for a historic three-peat this year. They have not looked great this year. They have struggled at times especially in SEC games. There, there are two SEC games this year, 
at home against South Carolina two, three weeks ago. South Carolina beat the snot out of them for 30 minutes. Led that game 14-3 at halftime. Last week at Auburn, Auburn beat the snot out of Georgia for three-plus quarters. And Georgia wins by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin, 27-20, because Brock Bowers bailed them out, the wide receiver for Georgia, bailed the Bulldogs out. Uh, Georgia is 5-0. They've got Kentucky coming in, who is also 5-0. Let me tell you, Kentucky, you think about Kentucky sports, you don't think football, you always think basketball Mm. for the University of Kentucky. This football team is legit. For, for the Wildcats this year. 14, Georgia's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Pulling the upset and really messing up college football for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And, and get all the chatter starting about who, who deserves to be in the top four and should Georgia be in there with one loss. If, uh, if that happens, that, that's the chatter that's going to start. All right. Very, very interesting. And finally, just before we let you go, a little bit on baseball. Yeah, we uh, the playoffs began yesterday. Mm. Four wild card games in Major League Baseball. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. You know, Tampa Bay started out so hot. They had this unbelievable hot streak to start the year. Won their first, I think, 16 in a row. They won 98 games this year. Crowd for game one of their series against Texas yesterday, 19,000. It was the smallest crowd for a Major League Baseball postseason game since game seven of the 1919 World Series. 104 years since we've had this small of a crowd for a baseball playoff game in Tampa. And it's a shame because the Tampa Bay Rays are so good. And quite honestly, the Rays yesterday were about as lackluster as the crowd. They lost to Texas 4 nothing in game one of that series, best of three series in the wild card round in Major League Baseball. So uh, game two of that series is today. Uh, the uh, other three, I lost my scoreboard. There it is. Uh, the other three games from yesterday, Minnesota broke a 19-year, 18-game playoff losing streak. They have not won a playoff game since 2004. Uh, they beat Toronto 3-1 yesterday uh, in game one. Arizona went, came up here to Milwaukee, beat the Brewers 6-3, and the Philadelphia Phillies beat the uh, Florida, uh, the Miami Marlins, excuse me. Mm. Uh, they used to be called the Florida Marlins, now it's just Miami, uh, 4-1 in game one of that series. All the game twos are played today if necessary. Game threes will be played tomorrow, and then the other four teams in the playoffs uh, who got by through the wild card round, uh, those series would start uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I believe. All right. Sounds good, Chris. Looking forward to We don't have any tips to ask you for this weekend, so we won't be doing that. We will do it next weekend, no. though. And don't forget as well, uh, next week, as we announced on Tuesday next week, our hunt for an NRL team for Chris begins for next season. So very much looking forward to that. Right. We'll do that all next week. We'll chat Monday and wrap up a big weekend. Thanks, mate. Sounds good. Have a good day. Chris Perkins on the line from America. And, yeah, just what we were talking about at the top there with Chris, midweek sport. Now, clearly we get that, uh, obviously, with the NBL throughout the uh, year, big bash throughout the summer period for that month. Uh, We do have other sports that uh, get played midweek. But would you like to see it more throughout the year, midweek sports, some kind of midweek sport? I don't know if it would work for the NRL or the AFL, but I don't know, maybe. Or 
keep it as it is. Obviously, we have Thursday night footy, so we still get a weeknight uh, with sport on it. But would you like to see more mid-week sport? 0457 736 736. We do that for the Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. On the other side of this, we'll switch our attention to cricket. The Cricket World Cup getting underway tonight. We'll have a chat with Paul Dennett on the other side. It's 27 minutes to 6, 27 to 5 in Queensland. Good to have your company on this Thursday morning. Going to talk cricket in just a second. Just a text beforehand from the Big G. He says, morning, Dan. I'll watch the internationals, as in the International Rugby League, but have to agree with what Brandy said yesterday. Using Isaiah as the example, he could play 27 games out of a possible 31. That's assuming he plays all three games in this series. Too much. Um yeah, and he also says congratulations to Isaiah on the Merv Cartwright medal. And Chris, as in Chris Perkins, can join us. Pat, the fans, happy to have him. Well, he did say the other day that the Broncos have got a head start to be his uh, team. That's an interesting point. And Brandy said it yesterday. Is there too much footy? Would you like to see the season condensed to maybe have the NRL season condensed, maybe to have more room for international footy? I don't think it'll happen. But it's an interesting point. Brandy brought up yesterday, Big G on the text. Is there too much footy? Would you like to see the season condensed somehow? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170 here uh, for Red Smoke Alarms. Think Red Smoke Alarms. Think Red Smoke Alarms.com.au. And also Amare your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. And let's talk some cricket now. We do this for the Makita XGT Experienced Professional Cordless Power Without Limits. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. And a man getting ready for a lot of late nights over the next seven, eight, nine <laughs> weeks. I don't know how long it's going to go for. It's going to be a long, long journey for this next man. It gets underway tonight with England taking on New Zealand. I'm talking about the Cricket World Cup. And our cricket expert, Paul Dennett, is on the line. Morning to you, Paul. Morning, Dan. Yeah, it's kind of like um, probably an England time zone because the uh, India is obviously not on English time zone, but with day-nighters, they start about 7 mm. 7.30 at night. So 7.30 through to about 2 to 3 in the morning. I'm going to be very, very popular amongst my family yeah. over the next six weeks. Yeah, it's like rewinding back to the ashes. I don't expect you'll be doing it every night. I think you'd be very, very sick by the end of it every, if you did it every night. But it is tempting. It does go a long time, though. Uh, the World Cup. And I think maybe that is a slight uh, criticism, but looking forward to it, England taking on New Zealand tonight. What are we looking forward to? Before we look at Australia, what should we be expecting in this year's World Cup and who are the real contenders? Well, it's a good point you make because I think that how India perform in this World Cup is actually going to dictate a little bit of the future of 50 over uh, Mm. World Cup cricket because the format is under threat. I mean, it's a crazy sport that has three formats at the international level. And, you know, there's two ways of looking. You can say, oh, it's 50 over cricket's kind of the best of both worlds of, of test cricket and, and T20. But a lot of people in Australia are starting to think, oh, maybe it's the format that's going to get squeezed out. So um, each time India do well in a big event, it kind of changes the future of cricket. Because if India was to win this tournament, they haven't won an ICC uh, event since the last World Cup they hosted um, in 2011. Mm. So all the dominance that they've had in that period, uh, they've come very close, a couple of World Test Championship finals, but they haven't got the chocolates when it's really mattered. And the 1.4 billion people are demanding it. So the pressure that those players are under is uh, quite indescribable. And a, a couple of times they have probably succumbed to that and have played with a little bit of fear. So my actual tip... 
uh, unfortunately, is England. Um, mm. I think that they are still a side that's going to play totally without fear. Mm. And the other thing that they've got maybe over Australia and India, the other two main contenders, is they often bat all the way down to number 11. England often have Adil Rashid batting at number 11, who's scored 10 first-class centuries. And so they can come out and be five or six down and just keep on blazing away in a way that, uh, in a way that other sides can't. So I think the real contenders um, of the top line of betting are England and India. Most people would be surprised if they didn't make the semis. And then there's probably a four-way battle for the remaining two semi spots, Australia, Pakistan, New Zealand, and South Africa. So those... Those six of the ten teams are the, are the ones most likely to win it. And it is interesting you mention the format. You, you look at cricket in 2023, test cricket still dominant. You have to say 2020 would probably be equal, maybe even more appealing to a lot of people to watch than the 50-over game. But you only have to cast your mind back to the last time the World Cup was played back in 2019. I was lucky enough to uh, be working on the final elsewhere. And that is what, I know that is one of the greatest games of all time, but that is what a 50-over cricket can deliver when it is played at its absolute best. Yeah, absolutely. And I have such great memories of as a kid and as a younger adult loving 50-over cricket. It's kind of sad where it's, um, it's ended up. It's a really interesting point you make because I think in Australia, yes, test cricket is still um, the predominant form. But in India, where um, cricket is, lives or dies by the success of India, um, T20 cricket is miles ahead of test cricket, uh, mm. as it is in, in many other venues in the world. I remember a few years ago meeting um, this young person from India, and she said she loves cricket, but she then confided to me, she said, I don't understand how test cricket works, but I love the IPL, and that's how, that's how it's gone. So, um, you know, the test cricket is really under threat everywhere, probably except for Australia and England. Yeah, and I think as well, when a new generation is growing up with the stuff like the Big Bash over an Australian summer, that is played like a football game in terms of it being over within two or three hours. I think that attracts people in as well. And we'll talk more about the Big Bash uh, later on in the year when we get to the Big Bash season. But let's stick on uh, the World Cup at the moment. Australia, uh, we know a mixed preparation heading in to uh, this World Cup. Glenn Maxwell, very good the other day in, uh, I think it was their final warm-up match. But a bit of a question mark on them only taking one spinner in and we saw David Warner bowling some uh, spin the other day and went for over 40 runs off two overs. Is that <laughs> going to be a bit of an issue, especially playing in India as well? Yes, and I think it will be um, a real talking point if Australia doesn't make the semi-finals. Mm. But on the face of it, you would say it's unusual that Australia has only one specialist spinner um, in the side and that's Adam Zampa mm. and therefore no specialist finger spin. No disrespect to Glenn Maxwell. I think he's very close to being a specialist. He can do anything. But you look at, say, India, and they've got Ashwin and Jadeja, two of the greatest finger spinners of all time. And it's that left-arm finger spin that we're going to miss because Adam Zampa's injured. Uh, Jadeja often comes on the bowl, looks innocuous, just fires them in, jerks and turns alarmingly. This is the scene, skids on, and you see one of the plumbers the LBWs you're ever going to see. And Australia um, are going in with a very kind of pace-heavy attack. And that's kind of our strength. And, you know, it's hard to criticise them in the sense that there's not a lot that they could have chosen from. There's, there's Kuhneman and Murphy and Nathan Lyon, but they're predominantly red ball bowlers. I don't think they're really on the selector's radar for, um, for this World Cup. So I, I'm pretty optimistic. I think the Aussies are going to go well. Mm. Uh, but if they don't, that will certainly be a talking point. 
Um, and a bit of talk around Josh Hazelwood as well. Do you expect him to feature predominantly throughout the World Cup? And I actually did see as well yesterday an article about Pat Cummins, the fact that he might uh, may have to miss a couple of matches as well throughout the uh, tournament. Yeah, it's very interesting that how the big three are, are going to fit in. Sark probably um, is the one that's most favoured at the moment, but Cummins, given he's got the captaincy, it's, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine. I, I think that we really place too much emphasis on the, the significance of a captain in, in cricket. And I, I firmly believe the old traditional sort of thing that Australians would say is you pick best 11, and then from there you pick the captain is the way to go. Mm. Now, Cummins, one of the best bowlers we have ever had, mm. and I'm not saying I wouldn't pick him. But if the tournament pr- proceeds in such a way that he needs to be um, left out of the side, then they should feel free to do that in a heartbeat. And I think they would have a little bit of reluctance um, in doing so. They shouldn't. Uh, Hazelwood, yeah, I mean, will we go in with the three big quicks um, or will we go in with an extra all-rounder? That's going to be one of the interesting things. And I think Hazelwood, who's really reinvented himself in the last few years as a, a white ball bowler in addition to a red ball bowler, is probably the first cab off the rank in terms of missing, uh, but he'd probably be pretty disappointed and unlucky to do so. Uh, now, one thing that uh, some listeners may not be aware of is that there'll be no West Indies in this tournament, um, which, it, what, 10, 20, 30 years ago would be a huge shock. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. Mm. Um, I mean, the West Indies won the first two World Cups, should have won the third, though, um, sensationally run down by India in 1983, which changed world cricket because India suddenly woke up and realised they loved, they loved um, one-day cricket. If it die in a few years' time, um, the West Indies won't ever make the World Cup, but the Netherlands will in their place. You'd have been um, regarded as absolutely crazy. But sadly, that's what ha- what's happened. There was a, a tournament that they needed to be in to qualify, along with Sri Lanka. Well, Sri Lanka uh, got there, um, and um, Netherlands got there as well. And West Indies weren't even third. I think they were fifth. Um, in that tournament, actually got thrashed, not thrashed, but um, well beaten by Netherlands in it. Netherlands chased down 370 to, to get there. So uh, Netherlands, obviously the, the rank outsider in the tournament, but they are um, probably half, half a decent side. But when you look back at how important West Indian cricket was to world cricket and especially Australian cricket, the Australian cricket board got them out here every every second summer, two summers mm. out of three if they could back in the 80s and 90s. Um, and, yeah, um, the, the fall is just very, very sad, and it seems, it seems to be getting worse, unfortunately. Now, just on the local scene here in Australia, before we let you go, the Women's T20 Internationals. Hayley Matthews the other day for the West Indies. A sensational innings. The final game is played tonight. How have you viewed the opening two games? Both of them played at North Sydney Oval earlier on in the week. As much as I love Aussies, the Aussies winning, it is um, heartening for uh, world cricket. I just described how the West Indian men aren't going so well. But if the, um, the, the West Indian women could pull off this series win, uh, mm. that would be quite extraordinary. Um, and Australia have been the, the benchmark for so long and will continue to be. Um, but Hayley Matthews, uh, seven games, the last seven games she's played in in T20 cricket, she's got the, man, the player of the match all seven times. So that's pretty impressive. 132, 24s and five sixes. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well worth watching that final game tonight. And the Sheffield Shield underway, that's just sort of sneaked under people's radar, as it tends to do at the moment. Uh, Queensland and New South Wales in action. Uh, that is uh, Queensland at the moment, a seven for 159. Bit of rain. A bit of news around Will Bukowski, though. He has made his return. Let's hope he can stay injury-free because we know what a talent he is. If he can stay injury-free, and maybe the next Australian opener. 
he's one of my favourites, and he has had such um, a challenging few years. He's only 25, mm. but he's had um, some mental health issues, repeated concussions, mm. um, and then other injuries. Just most recently, he's been coming from a, a thumb injury that's been holding him out. But he's back after um, a year's absence from, from, from first-class cricket, made um, uh, a very impressive little 39, and... Yeah, whenever we talk about him, it's always got to be couched with the most important thing is, is his mental health and the, the we want him to be to safe from the, the, the concussion situation. Mm. But beyond that, he's got a, a first-class average of almost 50. He played one test match, scored a very good 60-odd against India. Mm. With David Warner's retirement imminent, um, you know, Marcus Harris is the, the, the favourite to replace mm. him and he's a very fine player. But all things being equal, um, Pekovsky's, um record mm. is is superior, or, um, and th- they're playing for the same state. Um, uh, Harris missed this first game, I think, mm. the birth of um, of his child. But it, it'll be an interesting feature of the Sheffield Shield. Yeah. It'll go, as you say, it'll go under the radar. But um, can Pekovsky force his way back into the side of the, uh, once Warner retires? Let's hope he can stay injury free. In thirty seconds, England or New Zealand tonight? In one word. England. And Australia or <laughs> India on Sunday? <sighs> India, reluctantly. Uh, but um, I still um, give, every, give every chance Australia to be there in the business end of the tournament. All right, Paul, we'll chat. Maybe we'll chat Monday morning. We'll definitely chat a couple of times next week and wrap it uh, Oh, well, not wrap it all up, but at least wrap Australia's first game up. Looking forward to it, mate. Enjoy the game tonight and all the cricket over the weekend. Will do. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, mate. Paul Dedditt, Talking Cricket. We'll chat to him again next week. That's for the Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. It's 10 to 6, 10 to 5 in Queensland. Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Just in that Sheffield Shield match, it is has been rain interrupted. So stumps at day two, Queensland seven for 159. New South Wales are yet to bat. So that looks like it'll be destined for a draw. And I see South Sydney have extended coach Jason Dimitro for another few years until the end of 2026. So that is what is happening there at South Sydney. Thank you for your company today. Back tomorrow, Charlie. Good, sir. Uh, for the first time this week will join me. And also John Gallo to preview a big weekend of EPL Champions League on as well. Kicking off in about five minutes, Volsi and Michael Carianis to keep you up to date with that. For Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of them and then Patton Heels after the six o'clock news. I'll see you tomorrow morning for the final show of the week news and then at breakfast. Have a great Thursday.